It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hit the button, Jules Gill. Oh, I do yep. some kind of intro. This is the UPP. 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 I'm Scott Taylor, joined by Jules Gill for the weekly Take Trough Investigation is the name I'm going to give. Um, the idea investigation. of investigation. Yeah, just you know, you've got you've got to look in, you've got to go in the Take Trough. And there's been a murder. There's been a murder <laughs> in the Take Trough. It's all the questions. Um, but yes, thanks everybody for sending in their questions. We put some tweets out on Thursday, and we got a massive, lovely response. Um, so thanks to everybody very, very much. Um, we do have some uh, carryover stuff from the previous weeks. There's always there's always a, a pool of some stuff. Um, take trough meta um, that I put in what? But Mr. Scott Telford, go on. If I am a new listener and do not understand what UBP is, please <laughs> tell, tell me You make more. a fine point about this, uh, the, <laughs> the introduction being on the fly. Um, UBP stands for Untitled Banter Podcast, something that me and Jules very much made up and we do it on a Friday. It's our little slot together. It's yep. a nice time. Um, so yeah, so yeah, we put the, uh, the question tweets out and people send things in, food stuff, game stuff, whatever. You'll see. There's many it things. It used to be about just what video games and uh, questions and <laughs> Now it's just a case. Have you got a question? Write to us. We're going to turn into like agony aunt- uncles. That's going to be what I'll take that. It's uh, yes. Yeah, so we got a nice little swath of things. Uh, first question from Austin Bennett: Banjo Kazooie or Super Mario sixty four? Why make me choose? Why? <laughs> because Honestly, you must. Oh, Heads of the tour. D- Thing is, I haven't got in an, an N64 for my 30th birthday, mm-hmm. and I only played a tiny bit of N60 of uh, Mario sixty four when I was a kid. Um, going back through those games like now with like a modern sort of. Uh, lens or whatever. I, I'm not blinded by nostalgia at all. I don't have any sort of childhood attachment to it. Yep. And I still think it's Mario 64. Although I do, I, I get the argument for Kazooie. Like Mario 64, you cannot uh, like denounce its legacy. Like mm. what it did for the entire genre, how it revolutionized the ways in which games were played. Like so many like inventive moments after inventive moments. Mm-hmm. So you've got that as the blueprint that Banjo-Kazooie was able to build on. Um, if, it, if the roles were reversed and Banjo-Kazooie came out at the same, uh, like before, would mm-hmm. it have like, had as much innovation as it would? Like, I, I would say know. arguably, it is a very polished project. Mm-hmm. I love the characters. I think that Grant Kirkthorpe, who did the um, sound Kirkthorpe, design yeah. for that game, mm-hmm. is a genius. The way that they just like utilize music and like this audio soundscape so, so well. But 
in my heart of hearts, I always <laughs> think it like you do not think of the Nintendo 64 without thinking of Mario 64. And it's because of the fact that it is so deeply rooted in so many people's childhoods. Like I, I've said to you before, I didn't have an N64 growing up, but my cousin right. did. So I would actually have that horrifying thing of my mum being downstairs talking to my auntie and being like, right, get your coats then we're going now. And I'm like, I, I don't know when I'm coming back. In a couple of days time, <laughs> I'm gonna have to wait to come back here. Just leave play me this game. Here. And, it, and my cousin Neil was just like, he knew how much I was going through. I was like wanting to play this game all the time. Mm -hmm. He would give me the controller and just be like, you know, like uh, most older brothers or older like family members, they let you watch them play it. Yeah, he yeah. was very much like, you do not get to play this as much as I do. <laughs> have at it, go for it, mate. I will say that with um, Banjo, like obviously the, the array of moves is better. Like mm. I know you have like a wider variety of stuff that you can do like as Banjo. I just, I don't know. There's something about 64. I think it's in the music. I know you mentioned Kirk Hope's like score and yeah. I love uh, his like approach to instrumentation and everything, but I don't know, like dry, dry docks and just like the, the general, like the bomb yeah. and everything. It's just like 64 has such an audio footprint. Ah, I'm not going to lie. There'll be an edit point. See, you guys can't see this, by the way, because we're not doing the video. So oh. Scott has somehow blinded himself. He's like, he's got like an eyelash in his eye. or He's you know like, when... something. I can't tell what you've done, mate, but oh, it looks you know devastating. When, you just, when you're sitting here and your eyelash just goes, no, I'm just going to, I'm just going to stab you in the pupils, mate. Just... The best thing was, is that I thought you were just getting emotional thinking about the N64. <laughs> I thought you were crying. I was like, oh, Jesus Christ. Like, come, that's only the first question. Oh, I'm not going to lie. We might just leave this in. This is uh, Rich Hudson's last day as well, which uh, I think will be <laughs> announced know, by this point. You could say I was getting emotional about that no my eyelashes just decided to stab me which i don't know why that happens but it's it over because, now it was because you denounced um uh banjo kazooie so they <laughs> jumped down i mean this is the thing go quickly to give an answer uh, mm. i will say that for Unfortunately, I am blinded by nostalgia and I have played it recently and it stills hold up. And I yeah. watch speed runs of this game pretty much every other day because I find it utterly <laughs> fascinating. It's got to be Super Mario 64. Yeah, I, I just I'll think it's that. phenomenal. I think if, if Banjo, I, yeah, I, I can't, I can put my finger on a few things. Like I said, some of the music I think just comes off better. Um, mm -hmm. And 64 just has a level of charm that is higher than Banjo, but I, maybe it's just down to the specific characters or something. But I would still. I actually do Banjo. have a question for you that's based on, on this, though. If you were a Banjo Kazooie character, Character, what would your like noise be? Because you know when they speak, they go like. Ooh, 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 ooh. Well, what it's kind of like that that gulp noise that we used to do back in the office. That this if you take one of them and do twenty gulps in a row, then that it'd rather be that or it'd be some sort of high pitch like. Wah, 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 wah. <laughs> yeah, that would be great. That would be yeah. so good. Whatever um, it was, you'd have to listen to me. Mine would just be like, question from Dan Piers. What do we think of Henry Cavill teasing a Mass Effect project and how well do we think he'll pull off Femship? I just, I, does the man want to leave some um, adaptations <laughs> for, the rest for, other for other people? I think that um, I don't see him as being shepherd I, mm. I feel like he's he's a very strong very charismatic man and i feel like he fits the action side of things mm. but i don't necessarily think that he's got the the capabilities to uh, flip through the range of emotions that shepherd is okay. able to do uh yeah. throughout the mass effect series i it all depends on how they write him like i mean if they're yeah. like that that's the problem is that the most joy that you get out of a mass effect game is like playing it like maybe uh, actually a side tangent to this they yes. actually released some stats for this uh saying that um oh, i was watching another h bomber guy video and they said that uh, when given the choice between uh, renegade and paragon decisions through the mass effect storyline mm -hmm. a, a, a shocking 
80 plus percent of people stuck the Paragon route because I in you our heart of, Renegade. Okay. No, no, in our heart of hearts, it's because <clears> of the fact that we feel like living a good life usually comes with rewards. Doing yeah. stuff for other people usually gets rewarded in video games. And it's a thing that's so in like um built into our psyche that it's very hard to break out from it mm-hmm. and those people who chose to do the, uh, the renegade run probably did so not through a oh i'm really feeling this is testing my moral fortitude but more because they were like i'm going to play the game as a renegade that was totally my thing yeah i picked renegade in mass effect 2 because i read that you could punch that woman out of a window or whatever it was <laughs> the reporter, and i was like well i'm gonna yeah. And yeah, no, yeah that, that's Al Jelani. Like, that's the, um, you punch her in all three games, which it's funny when you think back on it. That was like a running joke. Like, hey, you get to lamp this woman in the face. But like, how okay. horrible is that? Like, it's just <laughs> like, you, you have literally just made a, a um, femme shep or regular shep yeah. into a, um, a serial woman abuser. <laughs> like, it's like, I know that the galaxy is, is like, there's tons of differences in our society to that one, but she's. Yeah. But honestly, like playing it back, she barely even deserves it. You just get the option to like lamp her in the face, which is as you do. But um, there's also that thing in Mass Effect 2 where they brought in like you could interrupt conversations if you were hit renegade. So I I love that idea. And I think just like sheer curiosity, I was like, well, I wonder what's going to happen if I hit renegade at this point, Mm -hmm. Um, even if I was trying to be mostly positive. But my thing in that case is that I ended up just going going right down the middle. And then I just kind of didn't really get any particular you know, sort of feel, I was ah, it's just whatever I would do in that moment that I think is the most entertaining thing. I feel that that's where the developers really do deserve some credit though, because mm. so many people um, use a morality system as uh, basically you've got to max out one or the other to get the benefits of like either path. Like yeah. there are so many that are so annoying, like uh, Fable's a good example where you have to go all the way to the light side of, oh, sorry, that's um, is it Knights of the Old Republic? Yeah, that's what I'm thinking of. Mm-hmm. Uh, where you go all the way to the light side to get unlock these powers, but you can't get them if you wanted to go the dark side and if you're yeah, stuck yeah. in the middle you, you actually get the best of neither world sort of thing that was kind of the thing with red dead too as well it's like unless you're like it's a 50 50 split so like mm. you're either going to be super good and you get a super good ending or you're a complete pos and you're just mm-hmm. going to get put out of your misery um it sort of depends but yeah in terms of henry cavill um mm. i like him as a dude i didn't really like the witcher but that's more of a problem with that overall production i just thought it looked really cheap it looked like a bunch of people in cosplay in the woods and i just couldn't <laughs> i couldn't get it i just thought i needed more to it <clears throat> so i think I'm, i'd be curious what the production level was I guess. Um, and then, yeah, whether he, cause he's, he's getting a wig put on him in the, in the photo on Instagram. So I'm like, well, that's yeah. not Shepard, but I don't know. Is he going to be Tally? Well, like, I, I don't know who else is he going to be? Well, Shepard, obviously, like he comes with the default buzz cut, doesn't he? Yeah. Like, um, yeah. so I don't know. I, I feel like, um, didn't they base his, uh, appearance, the read the male Shepard mm-hmm. on, um, the actor that did the voice for him. There's a whole thing where it's it's the dude's called Mark Mir. I think the guy that mm. was his face was Mark Mir. I forget what you call the dude that did the voice. I could be getting those the wrong way around. Oh, see, see but, I thought that it was the same person because in that case, I would no. say that person deserves to go and uh, or at least audition for the role because wouldn't that be <sighs> was, the best of both worlds? I'm sure the guy that was the face model was was just like a was just like a model, and then he was right. used to be the face, and he didn't like it. He hated that his face was associated with this one product, oh, so he was really? like, "I'm not Mr. Mass Effect. Leave me alone. I'm so much more than this." God damn it. Oh. And then uh, that was like a whole thing that sort of played out over time. Um, I remember reading that years ago. I might be completely wrong, but I think that was a thing with the man that played the face of uh, Mr. Shepard. So I guess we'll see. I, I think that just to close out, um, if I was going to cast anyone as mm. uh, the Shepherd of the future, then I think that there's a really clear choice that's just looking us in the eye, and that is Steve Buscemi. <laughs> he, <laughs> only his... if he plays Renegade, only if he's going around <laughs> yeah. lapping reporters yeah. and throwing people out of windows. Hello, fellow maybe. kids. 
bam. <laughs> I would take that version. Uh, but next question from Willie Array. Regular, regular Willie. I'm going to start referring to him as. Uh, big Will's dropping it every week. Um, thank you very much. He says, would you still give your money to Bioware and EA after the Anthem fiasco? Also, do you guys in the UK like avocados? If so, I'll give you an awesome way to use them. Brother, you're asking uh, uh, a vegan with a voice uh, as posh as, as this whether or not I like avocado. Best thing about you're this sitting is, on avocados on toast right now, aren't you? That's mate, I've, you used, the, the I've used the line in my scripts before about I've got <laughs> I, I need to put avocados in my fridge. I need to put money on the table. That's my expression for it. Um, but yeah, side note, just in case you actually think that I am rich, listeners, I am not. I come from a dirt poor family. I just happen to be blessed with a pretty average voice. <laughs> so we're we're doing pretty good. We're, we're doing well enough to afford avocados on the regular, although I don't yeah. eat as much of them as I would like to because I realized that they were super fatty. And I was all like, yeah, I, can't, they are. I can't maintain I mean, this life. If you want like a really good one, uh, you just like, it's just slice it, get the stone out, slice down the, um, like little, make little divots in them and pour a tiny bit of balsamic vinegar in it and make it into Ooh. the little like um, dish that the you stone comes in. You know my thoughts on it's, vinegar it's, and you've just, never come to me with this. Well, just, I would have thought that you have mastered the vinegar stuff. So I thought that you would have just had it. I'm too busy putting it. I, I'm not going to lie. I don't know if I told you this, um, but for my 30th, I know I got bought two massive canisters of vinegar, but I had nowhere mm-hmm. to put them. I had nothing to decant them into. I had no bottles that were free. But what I did have was a plant sprayer. So I tipped the vinegar <laughs> in, the, in the plant sprayer and I discovered a whole new way of making sure you've got perfect surface area coverage of every meal. You just and spray that. Left, your right, wife, and center. Your wife comes in two weeks later. Why are all my plants dead? And you're just kind of like, uh, you've been using the wrong bottle. See, I don't know, but this lasagna is coming along very well. With, <laughs> it's got a lovely little coat on it. But, um, Wait, what yeah. was the question again? I've completely lost my, my, my train of thought. My the avocado question, brain has fallen out. The second half was about avocados, but the first half was, would you give your money to Bioware and EA after the Anthem fiasco? Uh, uh, I My whole thing with all of this stuff is always that I want to reward the devs, the people who actually put the, the time mm-hmm. in. Um I'm always case by case. There's a whole thing this morning about um, some member, like one of the members of EA, the chief studios officer addressing how like across the last few years, EA have very much got away from where their core values should be and sort of saying mm-hmm. that they're going to, um, do better in the future, uh, backed up by Jason Schreier on Bloomberg, saying that he talked to people on the Dragon Age team, and apparently that's had the multiplayer mode removed, and that's going to be a single-player thing. And maybe there's light at the end of the tunnel. I don't know. I get a bit disappointed whenever I hear um, companies come out and saying the whole we need to do better thing, mm. um, mainly because of the fact that you hear that come out of the same company more than once. True. And true, the mistakes and the um, the situations that they're put in sometimes are different. But if you have the same company coming up to you and saying, sorry, lads, I've done wrong. I'll promise <laughs> to do better next time. It's like, fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. Fool me, mm-hmm. EA, shove it up your backside. <laughs> like It's like, it's one of those things where I, I'm not entirely sure um, if I would want, I, I, I would never actively go out there and say, I'm going to fully back EA. But then no. again, I would never say, I'm never not going to fully back EA because of the fact that it's a case-by-case basis. I need to see the games that are coming out. I need to see how they treat their developers. Mm-hmm. Transparency, if that was more widely available and we were able to basically almost peer in and see how the devs were doing at any point in development, then yes, that would make things a lot easier to back mm-hmm. and support. It's um, depending on how you even look at it. Uh, mental Kickstarter is how uh, AAA video games operate on. Yeah. In a regular Kickstarter thing, they have an idea and they ask for money. In uh, the AAA case, they are, show you a trailer or a hype package and then they ask you to pre-order. Um, I just will maintain I will not pre-order 
anything no, until no. I see a physical manifestation of that. That's same. my stance of every game. Yeah, same. I think that um, in terms of like giving them money though, like it's just, for me, they're massive teams. Like it's incredibly talented people, art directors, you know, the entire art departments, like uh, composers, everything else. Like I, I still want to see what those people have been able to put mm-hmm. together. I think that something like the Avengers is such an insanely like diametrically opposed project. Like you can see the art department knocking out the park and the, the cast yeah. and giving it their best. But then there's all these horrible microtransaction, invisible loot grind stuff that's like oh my god you can see the two sides of this fighting like inside the game um and it's not that i want to give money to that project but i think it's it's case by case like it depends each time if there's any sort of saving grace um but yeah in regards to them i mean hopefully that interview that i cited from ign it's uh, laura meal who's the um, chief studios officer and citing that in her first hundred days she was the person who got uh, battlefront 2 turned around and she was the one who managed to get the mass effect trilogy greenlit as a remake um, and she, she's the one who got Skate 4 greenlit as like doing that as well. Um, and so she seems That's very promising. Yeah. So it's like, but I still, you still have the whole, the reality of Andrew Wilson being the guy that was like, let's put loot boxes in everything. And he's yeah. still at the company yeah. um, and he got promoted for it. So there is that. Um, next question from Sawyer. What's the one game or franchise that took you the most attempts to finally click and adore? Um, theirs is Kingdom Come Deliverance. I don't know if you oh. have anything that you've bashed your heat off for a while. Oh. I remember you having a, a, a fun time with Kingdom Come because of the <laughs> fact that they, they put it out in an absolute state and then they patched it into oh, a really that, nice thing. It was really weird. It's, it's so strange because I feel like, yeah, for Kingdom Come, me and Josh both got it back when it first came out. And that game is so belabored and slow and deliberate and whatever other words you can throw into it that are like skirting on simulation where it's like mm-hmm. if you play it like any other first person RPG... It doesn't care. It doesn't want to move at anyone else's pace but its own. And I think that over time, I came to really appreciate that. And it totally became one of the, my, like it easily is one of the most overlooked RPGs. Um, so I would say there's a lot of systems in there that are totally recommendable. Um, but I didn't repeatedly go back over and over again. I sort of got that, I don't know, like a second or third try where I was like, yeah. look, I, I can see what this is not. And I'm, I'm clearly expecting it to be something else. And if I just sort of go with its own pace, I can get it. Um, and so I, yeah, that was my whole thing with that game. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Before we go any further, I want to talk to you about today's sponsor, Masterclass. With the amount of time we spend discussing and analyzing video games on this channel, it's always good to understand exactly how these experiences are put together. And fortunately for me, I can do just that 
with Masterclass. With Masterclass's streaming service, you can learn from the best to become your best, studying and growing with over 200 plus of the world's leading instructors. For me, I've been having a blast using a class on video game design by The Sims creator Will Wright to find out exactly how game mechanics are designed around player psychology as well as learning how important playtesting is to shipping the titles that you and I both love. But it hasn't stopped there, as I've also been brushing up on my practical filmmaking skills directly from my favourite movie director Martin Scorsese, as well as trying to get back in the cooking game with Roy Choi's amazing course on intuitive cooking. Seriously, my kitchen is a mess, but my belly has never been more grateful. For just $10 a month, an annual membership with Masterclass gets you unlimited access to courses on your phone, computer, smart TV, or even via audio-only modes. Even better, every new membership comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee, and 88% of members feel that the service has made a positive impact on their lives. And to put the cherry on top of that cake, right now, What Culture Gaming listeners get an additional 15% off any annual membership at masterclass.com forward slash gaming. That's 15% off at masterclass.com slash gaming. What's that? You want it one more time? Well, that's the URL masterclass.com forward slash gaming. Right, now I'm going to watch Tony Hawk try to teach me how to ollie properly. I'll see you all soon. Do you remember the, um, it was quite a recent uh, indie game, uh, Phasmophobia? Oh, yeah, the, yeah, the, um, um, the, the, the ghost, Yeah, the ghost hunting mm-hmm. one. Like, um, that's the most recent example of me bouncing off something again and again and again, and then suddenly it clicking and makes making okay. sense. Like, I, I, I'm not going to lie, guys. Like, when I first played it, I was like, it looks cheap. It plays at a snail's pace. I, I love the mechanical ideas, but the implementation was so poor. It felt very much like a game jam thing that had been squeezed out. And I just, I looked at it and I was like, I'm not having fun with this because I'm doing what the game is telling me to do mm-hmm. and nothing is happening. And a load of friends were like, no, you just got to stick with it. If you play it again, it will suddenly like get you. And I remember the moment that I was like, oh damn, this is <laughs> this is it. It was uh, right. Kirsten and I were playing on the stream Mm-hmm. And uh, we walked into this uh, two-story uh, wooden cabin in like the middle of nowhere. We went up these stairs and uh, I turned around and thought that Kirsten was behind me, um, but she was actually in the ground floor. But I heard uh, these footsteps behind me, turned around, and there was the ghost right in front of me. <laughs> I lifted up my camera to take a photo of it and it completely disappeared. Ooh. And I was like, I stood there and I was like, that was a really effective jump scare because it yeah, had yeah. a lead into it with the audio cue and then boom, it hit me when I turned around. And, and it was, was sort like, of like dynamically happened to you in that moment as well. Yeah. And then it was like other things like cascaded where I was suddenly like trying to um, get in touch with Kirsten using the in-game audio thing, which has a really clever um, uh, audio spatial awareness thing where mm-hmm. um, if you walk away from the team, uh, they can't hear you or your voice becomes muffled and things right, like that right. using the in-game audio. Uh-huh. And I tried to tell her that the ghost was behind her using when I was watching the security cam footage and the electric electronics were being interfered with. So she couldn't <laughs> hear me. All she That's could great. hear on her end was... Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, oh, she knows I'm trying to talk to her because uh, she's yelling back to me. Like, <laughs> like, and I'm just like, oh God, get out of there. Get out of there. That's such a movie style moment. Like you can see on the security cam, this mm-hmm. thing that's about to get her kind of like, proper alien style. Um, yeah, and also... Um, throw in uh, Sekiro because the first time me and you played oh, it, I think yeah. we talked about it on here before, mm-hmm. um, but I bounced the hell off that game the first time we played it. Uh, <laughs> you bounced the- off of one enemy. 
Oh the my ogre, god. The ogre, the grouchy. That ogre can burn in feces. That thing was horrible. Um, oh. that was yeah, we got like three hours hands-on time down in London and uh, you got way past it. You were you finished the entire area or something. Yeah, I was just I was steamrolling ahead with that. <laughs> I was just like, I was like, I get this game. This is it. This is I fish. think I think did you beat Lady Butterfly? I think that might be where you got um, to. I beat uh the the monk and yep. then I got to Lady <clears> Butterfly. I beat her just as the session was wrapping up and they yeah, were like, Oh, yeah, nice, yeah. nice. We don't actually have any more content for you. So yeah. Like, it was like, okay. yeah, you'd like done the, the allocation that they gave you where it was like me. And uh, there was a there was a brilliant, I don't know where the guy worked for next to me, but he didn't get past the opening section whatsoever. He quit. He walked away. Yeah, he was like, remember? oh, this isn't for me and left early. It was just sort of like, dude, like you have time to play this thing. Like, yeah. But um, yeah, my thing is Sekiro. I was just like, oh my God, it's just it's just push L1, the game. Um, and just, honestly, part of me still does think that, but I think I got a hell of a lot better with it, obviously having since finished it and explored it a lot more. Um, but yeah, that game took a few times of being like, I need to unlearn soul stuff to be yeah. able to get this. Um, next question from Matt Shaw. What game from the state of play are you most excited for and why is it Kana Bridge of Spirits? I mean, uh, I'm not going to lie. I was really disappointed with the state of play. Um, it, was, it wasn't great, was it, really? I, I think that it was um, almost a bit like um, the winds of fate were blowing very hard in Nintendo's <laughs> face when they came out and did their direct. And everyone yes. was like, well, this is disappointing. And all the Sony fans were like doing that, like sort of like middle finger, yeah. thumb in their nose at them sort of thing. <laughs> and then as it just so happens, that gonna have wind has now, has now just whiffed right back in. It smells <laughs> like an egg in your face. <laughs> because um, we just didn't really have that much. I mean, for me, it's always going to be Soulstorm. Anything right. that is um, uh, Apes Odyssey, Oddworld stuff, like nice. just get it in my goddamn veins, mate. <laughs> um, um, I think um, was, I was going to say they, they did a whole bunch of like Final Fantasy stuff at the end. That was the thing that they, mm -hmm. the big thing they finished on. Um, mate, which... The mobile game. Why is it? Why oh, is that? Royale, that, that that's the, no, but, no, but, but that's the remake that so many people wanted. They wanted to I have know. this the reskin version of the greatest game ever made. Why yeah. have they done it only on mobile? Every single thing about oh. that so basically if you they didn't and plus this wasn't even in the state of play i guess it's because it's on phones only it's not yeah. coming to playstation yet but they've got the final fantasy 7 remake integrade which is the yuffie based story expansion coming in june plus the ps5 upgrade so you get to be fair i'm very hyped for that it. it looks gorgeous and the yuffie stuff looks fun um and there's and what are the the dude with all the hair at the end of that yuffie trailer <laughs> is the yeah. villain from dirge of cerberus yeah like i, I didn't even like, know you're, that connection. you're dead you're yeah. very dead like what like, are you He's not dead yet, so he's like a thing. But I was like, the fact they're bringing in a dude from Dirge, I was like, everybody yeah. hated that game back when it first came out. But I like that they're treating it more seriously, I guess. But alongside that, um, just separately on their Twitter, they announced two more games for phones. One is a Battle Royale set 30 years before Final Fantasy VII. In mid Sorry, wait, hold on. Side note, lol. <laughs> a big old lol and the other one is uh, this game that I keep forgetting the name of I think it's called Endless Crisis mm -hmm. um, but that one is like you said that is a reskinned version of the original Final Fantasy 7 with, with pre-rendered backgrounds and everything's been done properly again but it's releasing um, episodically or chapter-based, they say, and it's going to go through every single piece of Final Fantasy VII media so far, including Advent Children, Crisis Core, Before Crisis, and Dirge of Cerberus. So which how that all works, I have no idea. Which is the project that we want, yeah. just for consoles. I would, <laughs> to be honest, I looked at the um, the updated sprites that they've mm -hmm. used, and I actually was just I like, pretty good. damn, if they just put that onto the store right now, I'd buy that. That looks amazing. It reminds me a lot of what they did with Final Fantasy XV, where that game came out full glossy version console yeah. version and then they did the pocket edition yeah. uh, for phones and that later came to switch so i have to assume that all of this will come to switch yeah. but it's just the amount of people that have been asking for crisis core um or just like you said a reskinned version of the original game and the fact that
that it's coming to phones. It's just like, yeah. do you not want money, Square Enix? I know you do because you're releasing three versions of the remake. Do you know what the worst thing about it is, though? Is that uh, Square Enix has got a terrible track record when it comes to mobile games. Have, <laughs> you, have you played all the bravest? Oh, I was going to say. <laughs> I use play in air quotes because you do nothing in that game. It but is it's just awful. Like- they like they even opened the trailer for the mobile remake just saying another chance for a remake dot 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 and it's like yeah i guess and then they're doing like the beginning of seven again the bombing run the most the most iconic part of final fantasy seven arguably um but it's not coming until 2022 but it's like you still have the next chapter of the main remake to do and then you're going to restart that whole idea of final fantasy seven remakes on phones which is also going to be episodic and then run that alongside the main thing like (laughs) what are you i i don't know I mean, I love Final Fantasy VII, obviously. It, it is genuinely one of my favorite games of all time, but I don't know what they're doing. And it just seems no. like this insane, let's just green light every project possible. And somewhere in there is a battle royale. I'm so sorry, though. I, I completely derailed you from your answer <laughs> of what was your thing that you liked about the state of play, not just the state of this. The state of all of it. And my thing would be Kena Bridge of Spirits. I adore, right. um, <clears throat> I think they're called Sparksworks, the animation team that had put that together. Um, the If you haven't seen it, there's a really, really, really great Zelda Majora's Mask uh, fan-made animation um, that they did. I think that's how they got the gig. Oh, is that um, the one that, um, that hyped up so many people and then disappointed yeah. the, the world over because it was like, this isn't actually an official <laughs> yeah. announcement trailer. They- I think a lot of people thought it was going to be like a remade oh, cut, you know, yeah, a remake of Majora's. I remember that. That team did that animation and that thing is gorgeous. Amazing. Um, and so, yeah, my thing would be Kena because it's very much just Zelda-style adventure mixed with a little bit of Studio Ghibli, um, mixed with like, or, or, you know, with the production value, the production budget of a big AAA PlayStation game. So for me, it, it's totally Kena. I think that thing looks brilliant. The PlayStation actually needs that sort of open totally. world. Because this thing, like, I know they've got the Horizon Zero Dawns and they've got the um, the God of Wars and stuff, but this, having a fresh new IP that is mm. going to tick that Legend of Zelda box, they haven't had that for a while. I mean, the closest no. they came to was maybe Knack. <laughs> <laughs> the thing is as well with um, Kano was that it was meant to come out in March, so I was a bit gutted that it's been pushed back to August. Yes. It's like August 11th or something. Is it a PS5 <clears throat> exclusive? No, it's on PS4 as well. Ooh, which I also... The, um... Yeah, I'm just kind of like, okay, so what's going to differentiate it? As Assumedly, it'll be 4K60 because that just seems to be the the sort of um, the benchmark that you put between yep. the two. Uh, what was your most excite- excitable thing? I mean, it's got to be the um, the odd world stuff, oh, like Storm. I was saying. Yeah, I think that's going to be the only thing that I really carried forward. Um, I enjoyed the updates that are coming for Crash Bandicoot. I mean, this yes. thing, I'm, I'm, I'm usually get more hyped about games that I actually own that are getting better, <laughs> like content rather than new ones. Because again, I'm just going to wait and see. Like, mm-hmm, I'll wait mm-hmm. for you guys to splurge the cash and the see how it goes. Thing, um, because the Tony Hawk's got its PS5 upgrade or uh, series upgrade this week as well, but Activision are charging $10 or whatever for Which that. Which is not, so cheeky. Yeah, but they're not for Crash. Um, like, I get the whole, you know, charge money if you've put extra content into it, like Fan mm-hmm. Fantasy or something. Um, But yeah, Activision is sort of doing their, like, next-gen upgrade stuff with Crash and Tony Hawk's, but not talking about it too much, but I guess it's worth pointing out the uh, the Crash thing. And mm-hmm. um, the other half of Matt Shaw's question was, when the pubs open, what's the first drink you both order? Oh my God, that it's is just like, a straight up pint. Just give me a pint of whatever the hell you have. Some sort. Are of we allowed to set the scene? You can feel free. I mean, it's going to okay. make us forlorn and sad, but feel okay, free. Okay, so I think that if I got to choose anywhere to have my first pint, I'd go oh. to the uh, the cycle hub. You know, the bike hub that's up by the time. Um, okay, you're, where it has you're that nice, very local, but yeah, has has that nice little like outside seating bit because you can look at the look oh, at the river. I'd go there, yeah. sit there on a nice summer day, have a can of craft beer, <laughs> and just sit down and just be like, 
This one's for you, God. <laughs> and I'd open it. Open it. You can't take me. You, you, take you failed. Back. You failed. Oh God! If, if yeah, some sort of uh, if something goes sideways when we're finally allowed back in pubs again, and we they have to come and pry the the pints from our cold dead fingers. I tell you then, what, we'll do. We'll yeah. take the phones in with us to the the pub, right? And we'll record <laughs> an episode of UBP at the pub. So it'll be oh. the Untitled Banter Pub Podcast. The, the UBP Podcast. Yeah, Pinecast, and we'll uh, put our table number out at the Weatherspoons, and we'll just we'll oh, just God, no, the la- no, the last time we did that, when you let the whole world order for us, that went very sideways. <laughs> the seven plates of peas, what was that about? People oh, ordering like the entire jugs of milk and stuff like that. Wait, was just being like, <laughs> I'm not bringing it up. I'm not. I'm not going up and down those stairs anymore. The woman came up and she just was like, she's like, are you guys going to drink all of this? And I was like, what is it? What have you got? She's like, I've got seven milks and I've got three pitchers of like different cocktails. And I was like, yeah, we'll take the uh, pitchers uh, and we'll take uh, six of the milks. And she I was felt so fuming. sorry for her. She was fuming. It was, it was a hell of a thing. Uh, let's end on question from Bro Die. Great name. And um, cool. says, good day, legends. Hope you're well. Thank you and good same night. to you. Um, with the rise of remakes, remasters, and rumored Rockstar games getting the treatment, do you see their back catalogs, such as Bully, Manhunt, Max Payne, etc., getting the same treatment in this day and age? Have a cocktail from me, UBP. Ah, oh, UBP. Hey. Um, if uh, we got the uh, Max Payne trilogy remastered, just give me three. reworked, just uh, it, three is still phenomenal. Yeah. Like, uh, like I looked, I went and saw. Um, I had to watch a, a long play of it the other day to find a specific moment to talk about an upcoming um, list thing that I'm working on, mm-hmm. and I was just like. Damn, this game was stylish. I like loved it's, it. it's almost a game that's made not to be played, but to be watched because mm-hmm. of the aggressiveness of all of the sort of um, the quick cuts, the uh, action sequences, mm-hmm. the um, overlay of like all the tech stuff. I'm just like, damn, this is like a really visually engaging and overwhelming experience. I totally say as well that like, because um, three is not even backwards compatible on Xbox. There's no Ooh. way to play it unless you have it on 360 or you have a 360 or an older console. Um, but that was obviously hated beforehand because everyone was like, why is he bought? Why has he got a Hawaiian shirt on? What the hell's going on? Don't hate, don't hate but, players. But totally, if you play that, if you actually like play through it and see the story, for me, it's one of it's one of Dan Houser's best scripts. Like obviously, mm-hmm. it's Rockstar took over and stuff. But the way that they write him is just this completely like sardonic, nihilistic, like knows he's like a total pos, and he's just like, I'm gonna go on this mission. I guess I can save this girl. I guess I can re- reunite this family. But I'm not worth anything. Yeah. Um, and I think the writing that they give him, he refers to himself as a dime store merchant of death or something, and it's just like. I love that game script so much. I think it's so well written. I think that a lot of people bounced off of him because of the fact that he wasn't like, hey, hey, guys, we're going to go killing today and have some fun and aren't I cool? They were like, no, this lifestyle has severe, horrendous, depressing consequences. Like he is a broken mess of a man Mm -hmm. and you are not going to save him because he can't save himself. Yeah, literally. Um, So yeah, I think that for me, it would just be, I'm never bothered about them devoting the R&D to remaking something from the ground up if the original Mm -hmm. doesn't necessarily need it. So um, Bully, Manhunt, they're both available on current gen. Like Manhunt, uh, you know, you can get on the PlayStation 4, just the PS2 version. Sorry to interrupt me, but Mm -hmm. I would like if they did actually do some work on Manhunt though, because the PC version of Manhunt, you can actually buy it there. It is still broken. You have really? to download like a patch to get through the first bloody level because the gate doesn't open. <laughs> like when you kill the first man, sometimes it doesn't open. It's just like, and that's thing- and not everyone's going to be like tech savvy enough to go and get a mod for mm. it to fix this problem. So I feel like a ton of the PC user base 
don't even get to experience it properly. I do think that they could, um, yeah, they could obviously touch it up. Obviously, you want to make sure it runs on like a certain technical level, but Mm -hmm. something like Manhunt, I feel if you uprise the graphics would actually just end up getting banned today because it's oh hell, it would look too realistic. Um, I would love them if they did a Manhunt style. This is just me, just just completely, Mm -hmm. you know, if anybody did anything, I would love it if someone did a Manhunt style game that was Mortal Kombat levels of violence, uh, which I guess would kind of be like Naughty Bear, the game. I don't know if you've been, yeah, where it's like over the top, (laughs) yeah, where he's just ripping the stuffing out of everybody and he's decapitating people and re of fur are going everywhere <laughs> uh, kind of like fur fighters dropping the, the, the oh, ref- fur fighters vigo's revenge yes what a game <laughs> um, but yeah overall i think that the the most persistent rumor for this is the gta trilogy coming back um which i mean but for me i mean i already own them all like i've already got them all up yeah. on playstation like they're not full-on remakes but they're, they're accessible they're even playable mm-hmm. on ps5 so um, I don't know if you come down on the same side of like, yeah, I guess. The not? only thing that I can uh, think that they would do is if they made the uh, GTA anthology and they did the original three games and then they did the Liberty City and Vice City Stories games all oh, in yeah. one package. That mm-hmm. would actually be a very um, enjoyable experience, especially if they found a way to tie some of the experiences together. So say like um, you complete the levels of GTA 3 and it rolls straight into um uh, Liberty City Stories cool. or, or something like that. That could mm-hmm. be fun. Like bringing yeah, all the games yeah. together that you don't have access to. Like even, uh, is it Chinatown Wars? Yeah. yeah. Um, like, imagine if they just drew all of them together into one package. That would mm-hmm. be a brilliant piece of history. That. Yeah, that feels like something like that. Like they're, they're there. So many thoughts at once. They did mm-hmm. a GTA collection thing on Xbox when it eventually stopped being PlayStation exclusive, but they right. haven't done like a collection of GTAs type thing in so yeah. long. It just feels like Rockstar or like the GTA Online company and a little bit of Red Dead and that's kind of it whereas like yeah they're kind of sitting on so many different things yeah. um, but yes this has been another Untitled Banner podcast I don't have a proper wind out other than just sort of doing a vague summary of things but <laughs> I've been fine. Scott Taylor for Joined by Jules Gill thank you very much for having me mate thank you all very very much for your questions we'll catch you guys next week bye 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 I waved that at the camera lovely. no one no one's looking no, no one's there no, no one's, one's there. here Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no brainer. 
Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.